listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with me, Jade Elliott, where we talk all things pregnancy, children, and parenting. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 News podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health. You're listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with myself, Jade Elliott, joined today by Dr. Helen Feltovic with Intermountain Healthcare. We're talking about managing chronic conditions during pregnancy, uh, something, of course, very important topic, um, and of course, very important for anyone who may not only be pregnant, but be thinking about getting pregnant who might have a chronic condition. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. So let's talk a little bit about about these chronic conditions. My assumption, and of course you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but my assumption is if you have a chronic condition, you're probably well aware of it. And you're, you're aware of probably how to manage that. But that can change during pregnancy. Um, whether you're already pregnant or you're thinking about getting pregnant, the way you manage your chronic condition in both of those places um, can be very different and also need to be addressed. You're, you're exactly right, Jade. And that's one reason that I'm so um, grateful to you for wanting to talk about chronic conditions in pregnancy because one thing that we providers love to have before a patient even gets pregnant is a plan. Um, because as you say, there are many conditions that are exacerbated by pregnancy, for instance, Hypertension is exacerbated by pregnancy. Diabetes is exacerbated by pregnancy. And so it's really great to have a plan for some of these conditions before a patient's even pregnant so that we can optimize everything, optimize um, optimize a person's both physical and psychological um, environment to have a good pregnancy. But one thing you said um, that's actually interesting and not always true is that people have an awareness of their chronic conditions. In fact, one really interesting thing about my job is that um, often we diagnose a person with pre-gestational diabetes. So for instance, type 2 diabetes while they're pregnant or we might diagnose them with chronic hypertension while they're pregnant. And the reason for that is that women go to the doctor when they're pregnant and other times maybe we forget our annual exams or you know something like that. So very often we um, actually diagnose chronic conditions for the first time during a pregnancy. Well, that's fascinating. Uh, to think you know, that those diagnoses would come during pregnancy because as you mentioned too, as a provider, you like to have a plan leading in so that you can you know, manage um, and you know, even try to prevent some of the issues that may come along with a chronic condition during pregnancy. Uh, how common is it um, of what you're seeing in regards to chronic conditions amongst pregnant women? So in... Um in my own experience, it's extraordinarily common because that's, that's about all I see is, preg <laughs> is women who have um, chronic conditions in pregnancy or a problem with their fetus. But there are some chronic conditions that are becoming even more common. So, for instance, obesity is a, no pun intended, growing problem. And 
it is associated with several um, very specific pregnancy complications from hypertension and diabetes to even miscarriage and stillbirth. So obesity now affects more than 50% of reproductive age women in our country and about one third to so 35 to 40% of pregnant women uh, qualify as obese now. In terms of diabetes, it's less than 5%. And in terms of hypertension, it's less than 10%. Um, but all of those conditions are, um, they're intertwined and we, we see them very commonly. And like you mentioned in, in your, yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. And you, like you said, in your, in your practice personally, um, as a maternal fetal medicine physician, uh, you know, a, a doctor with Intermountain who manages high risk pregnancies, of course, it's what you're seeing often. Uh, so as someone in your field, as, as a specialist, how do you help women who have these conditions? What kind of plan, you know, once, once you've realized that they do have it, or once you've even diagnosed them in, uh, during pregnancy, What's that course look like for them? So, you know, the whole job of a high-risk obstetrician really is to try to mitigate or balance the risks between stillbirth and continuing a pregnancy in the context of medical or fetal complications. So we set up plans to, first of all, as I was saying before, ideally we see a patient even before she gets pregnant. So we set up plans to optimize her therapy even before she conceives. So that could look like, for instance, um, if a patient has diabetes, that looks like optimizing her hemoglobin A1C, which is a measure of her glucose control, and perhaps changing some of her medicines that are oral medicines that we don't use as much in pregnancy to insulin or other kinds of therapies. In the case of women with hypertension, for instance, that can look like um, again, changing medicines for blood pressure control to ones that are safest during pregnancy and really optimizing her blood pressure control. In terms of obesity, we talk about, in some cases, weight loss um, and, in all cases, optimizing nutrition and exercise. Nutrition and exercise we talk about with every condition and even if you don't have any medical complications, that's critical, but it's particularly important in some cases. Let's say a patient has an autoimmune disorder. So same thing, we like to talk about which medicines are safest to use for control. Are there medicines that we should switch to because they're safer during pregnancy? All of this is a way of trying to figure out what is going to provide the most optimal environment for a fetus to grow for as long as possible in the uterus. So during pregnancy, like let's say a patient comes and she's already 15 weeks, she's already 15 weeks pregnant and we don't have time to optimize some of her medicines or whatever. And this also applies to um, even if we have done a pre-pregnancy consult and we have 
we have the situation optimized. Then we watch. So we watch for evidence of ongoing good placental function. And how we do this is through measuring the fetus's growth at points during pregnancy. We might do non-stress tests, which are a way of watching fetal movement and measuring some um, a quick assessment of the amniotic fluid because this gives us a very basic and quick um, reassurance about placental function. We talk about delivery timing. So for instance, um, we might recommend for certain conditions that a patient be delivered as soon as she reaches term, 37 weeks. And for other patients, it's fine to wait till 39 weeks or closer to 40. So we talk about all those things. And for women that have an increased risk of birth defect, and this includes women with um, obesity, women who are taking certain kinds of medications for control of their disease. For these women, we also always offer a what we call a detailed ultrasound with a high-risk pregnancy specialist. We just have a little bit of different training and usually a bit of more fancy equipment to really do a good anatomic survey for a fetus. So those are kinds of some of the things that we that are typical recommendations for a patient that has chronic conditions. Also, pregnancy dating is important. It's, it's even more important for a patient with a chronic medical condition to come in early when she's pregnant um, in the first trimester so that we can confirm dating with an ultrasound and make sure that her dates are what we call rock solid or very, very good. And part of that is because of what I just told you about um, that we watch growth and we often make recommendations about delivering in early term, 37 weeks, or sometimes even late preterm. Um, and all that is based on pregnancy dating. So it's really important to have accurate dating. And you were talking about, of course, you know, all of all of this when it comes to managing the chronic conditions or condition that you may have prior to pregnancy or you may be diagnosed with during pregnancy. The whole reason, of course, to manage those is, uh, of course, to keep mom healthy and, and doing the best throughout pregnancy as possible, but also creating that safe space for your baby to grow. Uh, that's, of course, imperative is, is having that, that safe space so that you can, you know, go go full term, hopefully, um, and, you know, that your baby will grow and develop uh, the way that it should throughout the course of, of pregnancy. Um, so can these chronic conditions affect the baby during pregnancy? Or is there anything that, um, you know, should be looked at that way? Yeah, so, um, so you're, you're exactly right. The whole goal is you really make a wonderful, optimal intrauterine environment, or as you called it, safe space for a fetus to grow. And the goal is always to get to term, always the goal. And so to reach that goal, we we often do this thing called co-management. So we work with um, a patient's routine obstetric provider. We might work with other specialties like 
cardiologists in the case of hypertension or endocrinologists in the case of diabetes to really have medical management of the diabetes or the high blood pressure, whatever it is, optimized. And then we watch. We have ways to watch for if the fetus is in an optimal environment. And ways that we do that are to watch the fetus grow. A fetus who is in an optimal environment grows optimally. So we watch to make sure the fetus isn't too small. We look at the fluid around the fetus because that also is a function of the placenta and healthy placentas contribute to making the correct amount of fluid around a fetus. We watch fetal movement because this is a measure of appropriate oxygenation and and appropriate nutrients reaching a fetus. And so we have patients pay attention to fetal kick counts and we do a kind of test called a non-stress test to objectively measure fetal movement. So in the case of a fetus who um, who may not be optimally grown, you know, let's say there's some fetal growth restriction going on, or in, in the case of a fetus who has low fluid, which is also called oligohydramnios, we might do some extra tests in a high-risk obstetrician's office. Um, these include tests like Doppler studies. You may have heard the term Doppler. This is a way of assessing how much resistance is in the placenta. So it's a, it's a much more specific and sophisticated test of placental function. So there's no one plan for all kinds of different women. You know, everybody's plan is very, very individualized, but it always involves combination of working with a high-risk pregnancy specialist in conjunction with other relevant providers for the best care of the woman's condition and monitoring the fetus in various ways throughout pregnancy to make sure that the fetus is in the best possible environment. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, as we talk about the chronic conditions, managing chronic conditions, we talk about diabetes, you know, type one, type two, gestational diabetes, managing high blood pressure during pregnancy, uh, you know, talk about uh, autoimmune disease, uh, you know, mag- managing that uh, during pregnancy. Um, are there any of these chronic conditions or others that weren't listed where women actually feel better when they're pregnant than when they're not? That's an awesome question because most pregnant women would probably think that's sort of an insane thing to ask. Although there's there's a rare woman who when she's pregnant says she feels better than at any other time in her life. But this is particularly relevant to women who have autoimmune disorders, actually. Um, so autoimmune disorders, of course, are, there are many, many different conditions, but what they share is um, that the, a person's own body kind of attacks itself. A person makes antibodies against their own tissues because somehow the body gets confused that um, that those particular tissues are a part of their own body. So it's interesting because one of the things that we use to treat autoimmune disorders are steroids. Steroids tend to sort of dampen the immune response, kind of chill it out um, a little bit. So steroids are a very common part of treating 
multiple autoimmune disorders. And that is probably why um, about a third of women who have autoimmune disorders such as lupus or rheumatoid arthritis um, actually feel better during pregnancy. It's probably because there's so much internal steroid production um, during pregnancy as a function of the pregnancy that they get some of that benefit for their chronic condition as well. So you'll often hear um, women with autoimmune disorders actually report that they feel better when they're pregnant. Um, so that happens in about a third of them and about a third of women feel about the same. And this is particularly true for the women who um, are well controlled before pregnancy, which gets back to what I was saying a minute ago about that it's great to have a pre-pregnancy consultation to talk about making things as good as possible before even conceiving. But so a third of women, particularly those who are well-controlled prior to pregnancy, feel no different. Another third of those feel better. And then there's the last third that feel worse during pregnancy. Um, the data suggests that that's true for about a third of women, but actually... I haven't experienced that in my practice. Most of the women that I see with autoimmune disorders either feel the same or feel a little bit better. The women that feel worse during pregnancy, those are often the women who are initially diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder during pregnancy, for instance. That, so. is, that is so fascinating and interesting to think that uh, you know, the pregnancy could make them feel better because of that steroid production during pregnancy. That's just, that's, I think that's amazing. Um, and one of the things that you noted during that was, of course, the ones, you know, who typically either feel better or feel the same and feel good mm -hmm. during pregnancy are, of course, those ones who had that pre-plan put together, met with you, met with a specialist, you know, prior to pregnancy, uh, and I can imagine just how much more important, albeit already so important, but how much more important that must be if there are chronic conditions where getting pregnant isn't recommended. Yeah, amen to that. Um, you know, one thing about the steroid production, it's, it's a very complex environment and it's a very simplistic explanation to say that it's a steroid production and sort of a dampened down immune response, but it's a, it's a functional, it's how I like to explain it because it's kind of a functional way of understanding it. Um, but you're exactly right, Jade, that having pre-pregnancy consultation is critically important because very occasionally, not very often, but very occasionally, we do recommend that certain women avoid pregnancy. And situations that would fall into this category are, for instance, women with some um, severe heart problems, for instance, severe cardiomyopathies, perhaps, or maybe women who have um, a disorder called antiphospholipid syndrome and recurrent blood clotting events, it might not be a good idea for them to become pregnant or women with certain kinds of structural heart defects. So, you know, I would say that it happens a lot more commonly that, um, in fact, it happens all the time that 
patients come in for a pre-pregnancy consultation and they think that I will say, yeah, it's really not going to be a good idea for you to become pregnant. And they're pleasantly surprised when I say, well, this is a management plan. This is how we think we can keep you safe during a pregnancy. Really, if you decide that you want to become pregnant, I would support that, you know. Um, so that happens quite commonly that women come in and they think we'll say, yeah, you shouldn't get pregnant. And instead we say, well, you know, you'll be seeing the doctor a lot more often than um, someone who doesn't have a chronic condition. But here's how we will keep you safe. Um, but for those very few women that actually could have a very serious outcome like maternal death um, from becoming pregnant, it's really important to have a consultation with a high-risk pregnancy expert and talk about talk talk about the situation and talk about options. Yeah, and I mean that just you was know, that reassuring. Yeah, and it just proves the point of again just instilling that importance of of talking to your doctor. You know, talk to your doctor, make that plan. If you have a chronic condition, um, you know, or even if you maybe have a the genetics or the history of, of chronic conditions in your family. Talk to your doctor before getting pregnant when you when you are making that decision um, because then you can make a plan. Like you said, so many women come to you and say, you're probably going to tell me I can't. But then plot twist, you know, you can because you took the time to come meet with your doctor. You You were able to say, no, we actually can help you through this safely and um, you know, and to get you, you know, again, the hope is always, always to get to full term. Um, and I want to end on, on a good note. I don't want to end on, on the downer of the chances of not getting pregnant. So whether we should have started with this factor or not, we're going to end with it. And that is to keep in mind that most pregnancies and births are completely normal. They're completely yep. normal. Even in women with chronic medical conditions, most pregnancies are completely normal. Yeah. With and, good outcomes. And I think, you know, I mean, I've been lucky to have, you know, normal pregnancy, normal birth. Um, and I know, of course, many, many, many other women are just as blessed to have that. Um, and, you know, one of the things by talking to all of you great folks at Intermountain, um, and, and everyone else that I talk to on the Baby Your Baby podcast is just reminding everyone, because we talk about so many things and we talk about so many different factors and every pregnancy is different and every, every birth is different, whether you've had one baby or 12 babies. But for the reminder for everyone that most are normal and that is a good thing. Yep, overwhelmingly most pregnancies are normal and that is a really good thing. And it's our entire future. Yeah, exactly. And for the ones that aren't, there are fantastic doctors like yourself who can help create that plan for mom, for baby, for family to have a safe and healthy pregnancy. Yep, safe and healthy journey. Yeah, thank you so much yeah. for, being, for being with us. You just always have you're just a, a wealth of information and knowledge and explain things so perfectly for our listeners. So Dr. Feltovich, I so appreciate you being with us. Well, thank you, Jade. I appreciate you too and your interest in 
bringing information through these important topics. And I always love talking to you. So anytime. Great. Thank you so much, doctor. Have a great, have a great rest of your day. And that concludes our episode of the baby, your baby podcast. Thanks for joining me, Jade Elliott, and our guest for this week's Baby Your Baby podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.